Try, Try Again with Catherine Velas, podcast dedicated to relationships, one with yourself and others. I found myself thinking of my friend Kiyo Sato this week. She's one of the inspirations for a book I wrote called Sachi, Drawing Pictures on Water. She is 98 years old this year. She was a captain in the Air Force and a nurse. She is an author and speaker and activist. And as a teenager and an American citizen, she was imprisoned without her rights in a Japanese internment camp simply because her ancestors were from Japan. One day over lunch a few years ago, I was sharing with her my experiences of accompanying a group of teenagers to Loaves and Fishes, helping to serve food to the homeless. And I was telling her some of the conversations I'd had with several people there and sitting with them at lunch and hearing just how tremendous their needs were. It was overwhelming and it made me feel very sad and a little helpless and hopeless. She sat next to me, this 95-year-old, four-foot-something tower of strength, and said, I agree, it's terrible. What can we do about it? I shook my head and smiled at her question, believing there was nothing we could do about it. And I said, it's just you and me, Keo. Her eyes never left mine. The smile never left her face. And she said, and what can we do? I return to her question when I feel helpless, like I often do when I hear of racial violence and pain caused by so much hate and injustice and fear. I felt that way this weekend as I looked at the news. The United Nations Human Rights Council reported a few months back there were an alarming level of attacks against people of Asian descent since the coronavirus began to spread. Starting in March of last year, anti-Asian hate groups rose by 21% in Britain, according to the government. Asian communities in Australia report a rise in violent incidents against Asians. And according to reports from NPR and the Washington Post and Stop AAPI Hate, we in America have seen a similar increase. We know we're not prejudiced. We say we don't see color. We are not the problem. But consider the research study by organizational psychologist Tasha Yurik, where researchers determined about 95% of people believe they are self-aware. And in reality, only about 10 to 15% actually are. We believe things about ourselves that simply aren't true. Denial can be very strong. So I thought this episode could speak about empowering ourselves, looking at implicit and explicit bias, and what we can do to help ourselves, our relationships, and our communities. Explicit bias is conscious bias. We're aware of it. Implicit bias is subconscious bias. We are unaware of it. And everyone has these natural biases. And there are lists of various kinds. You can Google it and you'll see there are all kinds of cognitive biases and confirmation bias, the halo effect, all kinds of interesting ways we think even though we don't know it consciously. We all have them and it is part of being human. Very often they come from our family of origin and their belief system as well as our community, our culture, the systems in our society perception of our experiences. 
All of those things affect our biases and even our brains don't always work for us in this regard. The fusiform face area is part of the human visual system that specializes in facial recognition. And we tend to recognize own race faces faster and more accurately than other race faces. Also the amygdala, a threat detection mechanism that we've talked about before, and the insula, which helps process emotional states are activated in people who view pictures of others considered to be social outcasts like the homeless. It can also be activated in people when viewing races different from their own, the thems versus us. There's a lot more on this, and if you're interested, I encourage you to read the amazing, fascinating, and entertaining book called Behave by Robert Sapolsky. So hopefully I've convinced you at least to look at your biases and how they might be affecting your life and your relationships. If I am unaware of my implicit bias, how can I possibly change it? Great question. (laughs) And my suggestion is to log on to Harvard's Project Implicit Social Attitude Assessment. And I'll say that again. Harvard, Harvard University, Harvard's Project Implicit Social Attitude Assessment. It's a quick 15-minute commitment to begin examining and identifying our own implicit biases. It will explain how the test works, so I won't get into that here, but the results might surprise you. What else can we do to fight our explicit and implicit biases? We can educate ourselves. If you know you have an explicit bias or discover or suspect you have an implicit bias, start with reading or listening to podcasts or viewing documentaries. Read about the history. Read about people's experience. Read about why people may react or respond as they do. What would you have done in that situation? Read and educate yourself from a variety of sources and with an open mind and heart. Also, in your prayers or your meditation time, include people with whom you may have a bias. Think of them and their situations and maybe what you've learned and send them energy and positive thoughts. Attempt and practice replacing the negative with the positive and see if you don't feel a difference in yourself and your mindset. When you see someone that you may have an implicit or explicit bias against, send an immediate positive thought or prayer for that individual. Know that you don't know their struggles and what they're facing and that they are not a stereotype. They are not the person or people in your past with whom you may have had a negative experience. And by doing this, you are retraining your brain from the negative to the positive. Also, if you can, spend more time with people of different backgrounds. Learn about their culture. Speak to them at gatherings. Seek out opportunities to face your biases. Many people are afraid to do this. They're afraid that their bias will show through or that they'll say something wrong or get embarrassed or be hurtful. And while that is always a possibility, taking the risk of inclusion and education and turning negative into positive is almost always worth the risk. Also, 
Another thing you can do is reach out to people you know when you hear of violence, checking in on them, letting them know that you're there, that you stand against it. There may be nothing you can do directly, but I can tell you having made these calls to people I know when there's violence in the media, the gratitude and love expressed always, always made me glad that I made that call or checked in. We all need to hear that we are not alone. And lastly, know that biases are human. They are in all of us. And try not to avoid or deny or feel guilty. If you are thinking, I don't have any biases, that may be an indication that you really need to look a little deeper. We all have them. The goal is to address them, to be aware of them, and to try and change them. The fact that you're even thinking about it right now, considering how you might make changes, how you can support people that might be nervous or afraid, growing your understanding of yourself and love for others. It's what this journey is all about. And I ask you, as my friend Keo asked me, and what can we do? Have a week filled with meaning and love.